Maris, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. This is Kat Ramirez, CEO and founder of Advertise and Hashtag Social Buzz. Um, so, so excited today. I have a very, very special guest and um, I'm thrilled to death to have him on board. I did some research uh, of him and when I was looking for the next speaker, I wanted to have someone who had a positive uh, being a positive uh, brand and a positive outlook on uh, life, your work, who you are, and things like that. And if you look at any of his testimonials uh, on his website, you'll see that a lot of people really speak highly of Stephen, who I am about to bring on board. Okay, Stephen! Stephen Desetti. Good morning. Oh, that's okay. Hello, you caught me having coffee. <laughs> it makes it authentic when we catch you. <laughs> Good morning from Sydney. In the moment. Um, okay, so before we get started on any questions, I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone and give people a little bit of background because um, all the things that I read about you, I can't even wrap that up into uh, a good <laughs> bio for you. So uh, go ahead, take off and, and just talk about yourself for a moment. Oh, wow. Talk about myself. Okay. Um, I'm in the people business. And um, back in late 90s, just before 2000, I took off from Perth, which is one of the world's most remote cities and went to London. I had, and this is my first message to everyone listening, I had no experience. I had no qualifications in project or management and IT, which is what I wanted to do. I had no security clearance and I walked into England at 35 in a fairly ageist society back when email was just taking off and I was basically told, why don't you go to Greece, have some parties, chase some girls, drink some beer and go back to Australia and get a job. But I had one philosophy and one philosophy only. I was really good with people and there were 65 million of them there. Surely I couldn't possibly fail. And then over the next 12 years, I started working all over the place and my nickname for a lot of the Americans would uh, remember this, there was a guy who played American football called The Fridge and my nickname in all of the projects I ran and all the big programs with three, 400 people all over the world, my nickname was The Fridge. Steve never does anything, but if he's in the room, something happens. Right. So I, I basically dedicated my life to enabling people and now with the DeSadie Group, I do something really, really simple. I spend every day of my life in every moment and every conversation helping people to look in the mirror and love what they see. That is awesome. I love it. I mean, just that statement alone says a lot about what you do. Um, yeah. Okay. So, how, so in regards... I know, I know that's not the traditional I do X for Y so they get Z. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just do people so they get themselves. It's as simple as that. And I do that in, in helping people to create content, helping people to, to speak, helping to people to write books, helping people to actually learn how to interact with each other and network and yep. all that stuff. 
But if you haven't learned how to speak to yourself, if you haven't learned how to create the content of life called your life, and if you haven't learned the ability to meet and introduce and love who you are, you're going to have a hell of a time trying to do it with anyone else. So like right now is a challenging time. And it is. a lot of people have been displaced or um, have been put on furlough or there's a lot of situations and even business yes. owners are probably really, really down because their business is down. So in my uh, interpretation, confidence is gone, you know, is completely gone. Like, are there certain things that people can do now to help overcome some of these big, you know, obstacles that they're encountering right now, which in my, in my view, for some of them, it's temporary, you know, it's, it's temporary. Um, but I have a positive outlook and not everybody has that outlook. No. And a lot of people are getting beat up, you know, they're getting re really beat up. And I think a, a lot of people won't feel the effect probably until maybe another 30 days or whatever, you know, yep. As time keeps progressing, it's not going to get any better is what I'm trying to say. Is there still going to be challenged? And so are there anything that, any advice, anything that you can give to anybody who's in that type of situation? Human beings are three things. We're very curious as a species, which is part of the reason we've evolved, right back to the deciding to come out of the pond as little tadpoles and evolve to what we are. So we're very curious, we're very competitive, mm -hmm. and we're very compassionate. So when someone flies into a building on 9-11 or Fukushima happens or um, there's a shooting somewhere in the world or uh, someone decides to run onto London Bridge and stab somebody and all those horrid things that happen, as a, as a race or the tsunami runs around the world after Christmas uh, in 2004, as a species we get very compassionate. So what's happening right now is our curiosity in terms of this invisible thing that's come and disrupted everything, our competitiveness against each other has now been taken away and all of a sudden our compassion, which we normally leave behind and forget about because it's not that important, all of a sudden that's come front and, and centre now. So people now saying that I've lost my confidence and I don't have much courage and all those types of things. And the reality is I was asked recently by a young lady, she said, how do you make people believe in yourself? And I said, that's easy. You have a conviction to an outcome. Got you. That's good. I love that. You have a conviction to an outcome. So for, 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 for people, like I was supposed to be in a fairly lucrative contract for 12 weeks working in New York City. I haven't been to New York in a decade. Or I haven't worked in New York for an extended period of time. I'm now here at the kind uh, acceptance of some friends in Sydney, which is where I'm staying until such time as all of this settles down. So my, my message to the person that's listening that's in the circumstances that you're in there's three things you need to do in life. You need to have the confidence to start, the courage to continue, and the compassion to appreciate your effort, not your result, your effort. And too many of us, because we're curiously competitive, we never are kind enough to ourselves to actually say, I'm doing okay. We right. always think I've got to get a result. It doesn't matter what effort is. And if the effort doesn't produce the result I wanted, then that means I'm a failure. Okay. So right now, a lot of people are having to be, I can't be competitive, I can't be particularly curious, so I'm having to be compassionate. And they're compassionate with the first person in the world and the first time in their life is they're having to be kind to themselves and people don't know how to do it. So we talk about this new norm of how we're going to sit on planes and how far apart we stand at, at supermarkets. But the one thing that's the new norm is people actually being kind and caring and compassionate to themselves 
because guess what? Everyone's staying at home and going mental health and freaking out. And what are they doing? They're keeping their own company. They're keeping the company of the people that they, they choose. Because in most instances, people get up and do a nine to five job or nine to nine or 24 hours a day or whatever most people do these days. Most people wake up every morning and go as fast as they can to get away from the person that they made a commitment to do life with. Yeah. And then you go off and you do life with someone else's person who they've decided to do life with. Right now, COVID has forced us to stay at home and forced us to be around the people we chose to do life with. And all of a sudden, we've got mental health issues. And I'm not saying it's not real, and I'm not suggesting that the whole economy and people having problems paying rent and all that stuff, it's very, very real. But it's not going to get any easier if all you ever do is beat yourself up without having any kindness and compassion of what do I need to do to solve this? Because this isn't the first time it's happened to the human species. It happened 100 years ago, and we've been around for hundreds of thousands of years. This is not the first time it's happened. Right. And yes, I can hear your audience going, yeah, but Steve, it's the first time it's happened to me. And I get that. Yeah. But when was the last time you had enough compassion to be kind to yourself? So the first thing you need to do is be kind to yourself rather than just beat yourself up. This is hard because it's not going to get any easier if you beat yourself up. Right. COVID's already taken a pretty good swing at it. The last thing you need to do is start beating up whatever's left over. Right. So... I mean, how the, and I got the being kind to yourself, yep. but I think some people may not know how to be kind themselves. They don't. Right. They don't because we're curious, we're competitive, and that compassion thing happens when someone flies into a building, said with great respect to the people who are impacted by that. We get compassionate in the moments of unfortunate circumstances to other people. We don't get very compassionate to ourselves. So it might think, well, yeah, but Steve, tell me what to do. Like, Steve, tell me that I do X for Y so they get said. I'm a coach of of small business owners so they improve their bottom line. Please tell me something that's more, that can satisfy my curiosity and allow me to go and compete with the next guy. And the next guy or girl is down the street going through exactly the same thing as you. So most people need to focus more on how do I be kind to myself and go, okay, If I be kind to myself and cut myself a break, how do I go about the process in this amazing world we live in of what what else can I do? Because if your answer to that is, yeah, but Steve, I've lost my job, I've lost my money and I can't pay my rent, everything's gone to hell, good. Don't expect it to get any easier. Because if you've accepted it's too hard for you to compete and be curious enough to try, it doesn't matter how compassionate you are. But if you're coming from a place of complete and utter unforgiveness towards your own effort, don't expect your curiosity and confidence to come back. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense to me. It makes absolute sense. And I love the comment that you said that people do the things they do to escape. Okay. Because here's an observation I had. Um, Just for us in Wisconsin, uh, the golf courses have just started to open up. And my boyfriend and I went last night. It was packed, packed. Mm. A bunch of men, probably. I mean, I know it was. It was all men. It was all boys. (laughs) Escaping, right? That this landlock, uh, and this was my interpretation because when we pulled up, it was freaking packed. And I was like, wow, they opened up golf and all these men wanted to escape and get out of the house because they can no longer take it anymore, you know, because we were, we are forced to, again, like you said, 
is be with the people that we want to be with, but we're trained to get away during the day, you know, when we do our job or we do whatever it is that we do. Uh, and I thought it was very interesting to see that. People are addicted to pleasure, comfort, and entertainment. And most people are addicted to comfort and convenience over, over conviction and commitment. So a lot of people have, have, there's a lot of comment about what's the new norm going to be like. Do you think we're going to go back to what we're going to go back to? And the harsh reality is 98% of people are going to try and recover and, and go back to what they've always known. Yeah. Pleasure, comfort and entertainment. It's the reason Friday afternoon and Friday night's the big night of the week. And it's the reason, mosquito joined me today. And it's the, it's the reason Friday night's the big night of the week. And it's also the reason Sunday night's the most disastrous night of the week because you've got to go back to work on Monday. So you work from Monday to Friday afternoon to actually then have enough money to be to be addicted to pleasure, comfort, and entertainment. So the end result is what happened with the golf course last night is people have got the opportunity to go out and outsource their happiness, outsource their entertainment, outsource their ability to make themselves smile to something or someone else. Right, right. And it, it was like very evident and you can tell. You know? Yeah. But so going back to my point, when people have asked me, is it all going to go back to normal and this new normal and whatever that means, the reality is 98% of people are going to try and replicate pleasure, comfort and entertainment. They're going to try and actually put, because compassion starts with you and most people are not very good at looking at the mirror and loving what they see. Mm -hmm. But 2% of the people, and this is the big distinction, 2% of the people are going to continue to be who they are and 98% of the people are going to remember COVID and be more open that the whole, the whole, the entire human race is getting a front row seat to what it's like to be vulnerable right now. And unlike in the 2000s and the 2010s, especially towards the back end of 2010, we have to be very vulnerable. We have to be more mindful. We have to be more authentic. Yep. An unknown, an unknown invisible force within six weeks told the whole human race that I don't care about intolerance, I don't care about diversity, I'll take whoever I choose to take and the rest of you are going to sit and watch. And all of a sudden, we're not now voluntarily being, being vulnerable, we're not voluntarily being authentic, we're not voluntarily being meaningful, we're standing on the balconies across Europe singing to each other on another balcony because we're not allowed to stand next to each other in a supermarket. Right. So the majority of people are going to go back to try and do what they always did. So the golf courses are open, so they all flood to the golf courses. The restaurants will open in whatever capacity, they'll all flood to those. But some people, and to those few people in the audience that are listening, are going to think, right, I have an opportunity, like you do, Kat, I have an opportunity to introduce more and more people into this world who are in the business of creating compassion within yourself to empower your curiosity, to empower your competitiveness, and your competitiveness is to add value to someone else. Your competitive is not to align to which filter I can hate through. Is it intolerance? Is it diversity? Is it bias? Is it orientation towards your sexuality? Because we don't hate up close and personal. We create names for it and we hate through those. Right, right, right. So what's your thought? What's your feel on, because since this pandemic, a lot of people have a lot of hate and it's very much clear in social media. Yes. Okay? And some, it's offensive, you know, sometimes. And sometimes I'm surprised that people can have this much hate and non-compassion, you know, um, because that they're 
And again, it, it, a lot of this probably goes back to what you're talking about is mm. the, the lack of them to be able to uh, care for themselves or, Absolutely. To, you know, because it, you know, all of it has to stem from something and that's just regurgitating from something else. You yes. know what I mean? And, and so, you know, to me, I think that that's something that might not be controllable, but it's the individual at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And well, if you think of the pandemic, as you say, if you think of what have we had to do, we've had to control ourselves. We've had to make the decision to not go out. We've had to make the decision to stay at home. We've had to make the decision to yep. not go to the golf course, to the restaurants. We've had to make the decision to be creative on how we now replace our pleasure, comfort and entertainment, that we just walk into a restaurant, walk into a golf course, walk into a cinema or a picture theatre or, or a theatre and allow someone else the responsibility to entertain us. We've had to do it ourselves. And the great yeah. joy is the majority of human beings are herd animals. So most of the herd is going to wait for someone else to lead in the art of the possible. And I'm talking to the individual that's listening from the perspective of what is the art of the possible for in your life to create a confidence and a courage in someone else's by your example. Mm -hmm. Because Richard Branson and Steve Jobs, uh, Mandela, Gandhi, Dr. King, all of those were, the, uh, were, were living in the art of the possible because they had a conviction to a they had a conviction to an outcome which was their belief that created a movement. So, what you need to do is work, is is find a way to actually go. What is possible in my life? Because the human race is not going to stop because of this. Society is not going to stop by this. Is it going to be hard? Yes, it is. Is it hard? Yes, it is. The two little kids at seven and eight that lost their dad in a, after 10 years of watching mum and dad be married and then the kids arrive, those kids are going to spend the rest of their life asking what happened to daddy when we couldn't eat. No one can explain what happened to him. Something called an invisible disease took him. Right. So that's not going to be easy. So no one said life was easy. There'd be no fun if it was easy. If you think of the... If you think of every single problem, hassle, challenge you've ever had in your life, it usually stems... In fact, it always stems from not speaking up or hesitating to act. So yep. right now you've got, if you're in a situation where the, the work situation's changed, your income situation's changed, that's happened for me as well. If you're in that situation, you need to get super curious and super competitive at the art of the possible. And the biggest competition is being competitive against your doubt. Right. I love that because that is so true. Mm. So true because... Like I try to, to, I say this to people all the time, like I'm my worst enemy. I'm going to talk myself out of things and I'm going to tell myself that I'm not good enough. You know, I can't do it or whatever. It's not going to be anybody else. It's going to be me. Yeah. So we are defeatist person. You know what I mean? And it's like, you have to somehow control that so that you say to this person, sorry, I don't need you right now. I got this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to what you just said, I'm, I'm as a, and join that in with what I said. If you think of a, a herd of animals, and I, human beings are herd animals. That's why we cluster into villages and caves, and we now cluster into virtual communities online. It's what we do. Right. But if you think of any herd, and we'll just think the animal kingdom for a second, and you took the leadership of the herd out, they all stand around, not sure what to do. 
Yeah. And what you just said is exactly what a herd typically will do. So the beauty of what's happened right now and the silver lining to this is that the herd is now more receptive than ever, that if you actually lead with compassion and you lead with the ability to actually authentically want to help them, if you take leadership in terms of the assurance that they're going to be okay, don't be surprised if people within the herd are more communicative to it. Mm-hmm. I was only speaking to a, one of the Desadi guests from uh, within Desadi land yesterday who's a pharmacist in Western Australia. And she said that uh, the pharmacy industry at the moment is getting people walking into the, the shops and into their pharmacies and dropping the F-bomb at them and all that kind of stuff. And, being, and all of a sudden, the white-coated pharmacist who's been this authority figure in the community is now getting abused with right. some pretty colourful language because people are walking in there scared the herds walking in and all of a sudden they're scared and the pharmacists don't know exactly what to tell them in some senses and Rebecca was saying yesterday that she put out a post inside a community of pharmacists and she had 200 people immediately respond who were all basically talking about I know how you feel I felt the same way and all I said to Rebecca is your job is to teach them what you found right Oh, I, love I know it. how you feel. I felt the same way. This is what I found. And what, for people listening, rather than go, I know how you feel and I felt the same way, express that. But what is it that you found about what you can do to contribute? In your case, getting me to come on and have a chat with you and all those types of things. And in the short time we've got, it sounds all hairy-fairy, but I'm talking about the foundational ability for you to think, okay, I'm very curious and I'm very competitive as a human being. It's in our DNA and it's the reason we survive and a lot of that's ego-based, which is good because we need it. You've got to be kind to yourself to think, right, what am I going to do about the circumstance that I'm in? And whining about how hard it is is not going to prove and help anything. You need to do something about it. So how can you get curious And how can you actually have a level of confidence to keep going? Well, the easiest thing to do is go, right, I'm going to cut myself a break and think this will be okay. How do I get through this? What do I need to do? Like in my case, for example, I didn't expect to be in Sydney. I expected to be in New York. So I'm lying, I'm sleeping on an air mattress with with a guy that would pick me up two and a half years ago as an Uber driver when I landed in Sydney and he became a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And then I came here to do a, a recording of a, a rideshare training with him, which I was happy to do. And then all of a sudden I was only weeks away from leaving for New York and then everything went the way that it is. So I'm now sleeping on an air mattress in a bedroom that I've turned into a studio because I'm going to go and make an influence and difference on people's compassion to enable them to be curious and competitive, not with each other but with their doubt the number one competition in your life is for you to achieve the ability to say no i'm going to be okay and that no is not to anyone else it's to yourself right so i've I'm, i've you know i woke up this morning to get on the call early because it's it's 7 a.m here in, in australia and put the air mattress up against the wall and i'm now staying in this room and i've turned it into a studio And I've got vertical cameras and whiteboards and everything and I'm teaching people from here because I took the opportunity to be an example of what the art of the possible is that just because I'm stuck in Sydney and I'm not in wonderful New York, which I was dying to get to, I'm making a difference in someone else's life by turning the bedroom in an apartment that I never expected to be staying in into, into an opportunity to serve. So here's my question. What is your opportunity to serve or are you too busy serving your doubt? Got you. Yes. So I have another question that doesn't have to do with the pandemic because I okay. <laughs> I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot from people that have an epiphany, okay? They yep. have an epiphany 
after so many years in corporate America or whatever, and they're like, I just don't feel right. This is not for me anymore. And I don't know what I need to do, but I need to do something else. Do you know what I mean? And people are lost and they don't know what to do and they don't know how to find it. They don't know. Do you see? And I don't know if you've run into this a couple of times, but I had an epiphany. (laughs) Well, yeah, with the whole corporate thing, what am I doing? All that kind of stuff. I had it. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I understand. Keep going. Yeah. And, and so, so then they don't know, well, what do I do next? Because sometimes they do a tell spin, they quit their job, and then they find some, you know, meaningless position because they just needed a break, you know? Mm. And so, and I know you have a testimonial from someone on your website from who said, you know, he, they just didn't feel like they were connected to what they were doing. And you had changed their Almost life. Almost all of them say that. <laughs> and Almost you, all of them say that. Right. Oh, well, I know, know. Who, I, I know. I know who it is, and he's a oh, sensational okay. human being. Yes, I know who you mean. Yeah. Um, so the question is: so we just for just for the listeners to understand exactly what you're asking me is how you know when someone feels like that when someone is in that position because I would imagine that a lot of people are rethinking their life right now. I would think they are. Big and, time. Despite the pandemic, just like life in general, yep. um, you know, do I, I work from home now? I love it. Is my company going to let me do it? Not. Then what do I do? I, am I not feel feeling self-fulfilled now? Because, you know, there's more to life than the grind, the grind, because there's a little of appreciation. They, they're starting to feel that compassion, you know, yep. and there, there's an appreciation. And so, you know, what are some of the things that, they should think about or talk about or just, you know, if they're struggling and challenged, because I think the, to stay with the status quo is not the solution. No. And I'm not being rude. I'm just writing things down. No, there's, a bunch of things, there's a bunch of things you just said. So <laughs> um, if this was on on my studio, it would be filming straight down right now. Here's, here's a couple of things, and I'll go to your answer, but the very first thing I want to get, which is really, really important, because people go, my life's a grind. If right. your life is a grind, the only thing you're grinding is your life, your love, and what you learn. The only thing you grind if your life is a grind mm-hmm. is the life that you're living the people that you love that, that are in it and the yep. things that you're learning. So uh, I was in Sydney, uh, I don't know, 18 months ago when I was speaking at something and a young lady came up, beautiful young lady she was, and she was a personal trainer. She was about 22. And this is the question about rethinking and exper- and what, what you talked about in terms of people are now rethinking what they should do. And, one, and, and, and she came up and she said to me, she goes, Steve, I haven't traveled as much as you have. And I went, yeah, no, I'm twice your age. And then some, sadly. And she said, I don't have the experiences you have. I said, not yet, but because I'm twice your age, but you will. And you'll look a lot better than me when you get to my age as well. And that's the other thing I'm having to deal with right now, young lady. But what I said to her, and she said, and she was a personal trainer that was very disciplined, very structured. Um, she obviously looked lovely. She was fit. She was healthy. She had a beautiful smile like yourself. She had a good disposition about who she was. So there was a lot of soul smiling going on as well. And what she didn't realize is that she thought people were coming to understand how to do cardio. People were coming to understand how to do some nutrition thing. She didn't 
understand why people were coming and asking about the discipline of life, about the discipline of what do I do with my boyfriend or girlfriend or what the, right. the, the structural things that go outside of doing a sit-up, doing a push-up, doing a 10K run. And what she didn't understand was, and she said, I don't have your experience, Steve, and it's on a podcast somewhere where I talk about my advice to millennials, and it's ended up being something that's now applicable to everyone. So if anyone out there is actually thinking that their life's a grind, number one, be mindful that you're grinding your life, you're grinding the people that love you love in it, and you're grinding the learnings. The only thing you're grinding is you. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is if 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 you're asking yourself, this is not for me, it's exactly what I said to her. If you don't have enough experience in life, your experience is people's experience of the experience that is you. In simple terms, how are people responding to you? Right. What is the experience that people have of the experience of being with you? Part of the reason I've created a studio with roaming cameras and vertical cameras and whiteboards is because when I'm with people, they're taking photos of the screen, they're, they're taking... They're asking me to write things down on napkins. People are wanting me to create all these models and stuff. So I thought, what's the experience of what people are doing and how do I turn that into a lockdown environment where I can do it everywhere? So if you're in a corporate job and you're feeling that this is not working for you, ask yourself, what is the experience that people have of working and doing life with me, my fellow workers, my, 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 my partners? the colleagues, the suppliers, the people I play golf with, and ask them this question. What is the impact I have on your humanity? Humanity defined as the quality of being human. How do I actually impact on the quality of you being a human being? And you need to ask that exact question because the person in question that you talked about that wrote the impact statement, I don't have testimonials, If you look on my website or you look on my LinkedIn profile, they are not saying that Steve's good at this and he's good at video and he's good at this and he's good at this. They're talking about the impact I had on their life. When, if I asked you to write something for me, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't ask you to write a testimonial. I'd actually ask you and I'd put the frame around it. What is the impact I've had on you? Don't tell me about, if people want to know if I'm any good at video, watch one. If people want to know whether I'm any good at coaching, ring me up for 15 minutes. Well, I want you to tell people what impact I had on you. So if you think about everything you watched on those impact statement videos or you look at the recommendations, they're all talking about the impact Steve had on my life. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. So the first question is, thank you, gorgeous. The, ver- the first question is, what is the impact? If you're sitting in a corporate job or you're sitting in a situation or you're rethinking, to use that language that I noted from your question, what is the experience people have of you? What impact are you having on the quality of them being human? And you might think, well, Steve, I I don't actually do all that personal stuff with people at work. No, but part of those people being human is going to work and working for you. Part of those people is going into a meeting as a supplier and actually having to negotiate with you. What's the experience of that section of their human life that you have an impact on? What's the experience? Well, that person says I'm really arrogant. That person says I'm really rude. That person says I have no time for them. Oh, wow. Guess what? You're probably arrogant to yourself. You probably have no time for yourself. If you want to understand how to evaluate living, start evaluating what's in the mirror. Got you. No, that's a good point. What if you say, what if you say, they're, I just don't like them? What do you mean? The people you work with. What if you say, I don't like them? Are you saying that you don't like yourself? 
Yeah, pretty much. You are what you attract, remember? You are what you reflect. No, but you are. If, if, if it, I, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. I'm a firm believer. And that's cool because you can change. We can adapt. We herd yeah. animals can actually, we can, we can change and we can adapt. I know oh, we can't really adapt, Steve, really. Well, on New, on New Year's Day 2020, if I'd have actually got online and did a live with the biggest influencers on LinkedIn and got a billion people to watch it and said, guess what, by Easter, none of us would be able to go to each other's homes, get lost. <laughs> Six weeks later, the planet stopped. Right. Six weeks. Yeah, what caused it? A tidal wave, uh, a meteor, uh, some Armageddon thing or the Bruce Willis film? No, some invisible thing that makes that if you, someone sneezed and you're standing in a supermarket, you're probably going to die. Oh, my God, no one would have believed you. Right. Everything changed because of an invisible force and everyone had to rethink how do I work from home? How do I actually stay at home with my wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, significant other? This person that I absolutely love doing life with, but as soon as I had to do it with them, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone, give, someone give me a golf club so I can hit a ball. <laughs> <laughs> so if, when you say to me, going back to what you mentioned, you go, what if I just don't like people? Well, if you don't like people, it's probably a good reflection that you don't like what you look in the mirror and see. So you take some responsibility that, if your life's not the way you want it to be, start accepting that your life is centered around, guess what? You. You. Yeah. So if it's so many, so many people have got really, really good at outsourcing their pleasure, comfort and entertainment to someone else's creativity. Yeah. Yeah. And then they've turned around and they've actually identified that their, their life is going to be great as long as someone else is in it. Yeah. And I did that for years. I did that in the context of uh, a relationship I had as long as, I, I, as long as I had someone in my life called a girlfriend or a wife, then they defined and they completed me. Mm -hmm. No, I, I totally hear where you're going with this. Mm. I totally yeah. So, so going all the way back to your original question, that person who's sitting rethinking, they may not have thought their job was bad. Now all of a sudden they've worked from home and they kind of like it. Now all of a sudden they like the idea of being so autonomous and they like the idea of being able to do all this thing called Zoom and everyone's going, oh, my God, there's a thing called Zoom. We've been doing video conferencing for almost a decade, everyone. Right. Yeah, I know, but we can work from home and we don't have to commute and you can actually speak to someone on the other side of the world like I'm doing this morning and you're going, really? And there's a bright light that gets up every morning. It's called the sun. <laughs> that, but seriously, people have been so tunnel vision about the way that they live, they're now talking about things like Zoom and Skype and StreamYard and live, live this and live that and video online, and they're all going, oh, my God, isn't this a new revelation? And thinking, no, the sun's not a new revelation. It's just, it's just part of life. Right. And so the end result is if you're rethinking because you're working from home, if you've got a corporate job and you're thinking, is there something else that I can do? What is it that I can do? What is it that pe people experience of you? What, what is it that people say about your impact on them? And if you don't like what you hear, then that's the first thing you need to start rethinking. If you do hear like, like what you like to hear, Steve, I love it when you draw things down. Steve, can you hold the camera so I can take a photo? Steve, can I actually take that receipt that you scribbled that little model on the back of? Steve, you really make me feel good about myself. Can I actually speak to you? And I thought, okay, well, what's, what can I do locked down in Australia, not being able to move around? 
I'll create an interactive studio and call it in, and call it inspiring insights because I had my team go through almost every comment in the last three or four months looking for the common words. So each of the Desadi angels, the girls that work for me, each of the angels had to go through and pick out a number of people and just go through and come back with the top 10 words that people use to describe the impact that I have on them. Right. And the words came back as inspiring, insightful and wisdom. That is awesome. So the studio is called Inspire, the um, Insightful Studio. My new podcast call is called Inspiring Insights. That is awesome. I love it. That's great. So my, my comment to the person rethinking, my comment to the corporate person, which is the, the, the nature of this section of conversation, what is the top comments on your impact? Because that's what I did. Mm -hmm. So my, it's called Inspiring Insights because people say, oh, Steve, you're really insightful. You're really inspiring. Okay, great. I haven't got time to gloat about it. I'm too busy trying to make a difference in your life. Wow, that's great. Because what is it that you do, Steve? I do X for Y so they get Z. No, I travel around the world introducing people to their potential and I teach them to be great with it. And the first thing I do is teach people to believe they have some. That is a very powerful statement, just so you know. Very Thank powerful. You. <laughs> so if you, if you are rethinking and if you are feeling stuck in corporate land, start asking yourself, what's the experience people have of what you do? And if it's positive, build on it. If it's negative, fix it. Right. I would, I, and we're going to have to like some, yep. somehow wrap this up, but I do have to make this comment because mm. uh, I'm a female and I know a lot of other females have a lot of self-doubt, a yep. lot. They, they question their ability. They don't apply to things because they undermine themselves. Um, and I, I feel like they uh, probably are the worst at the confidence issue of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because the, there are females that are competitive, but there are a lot of females that lack the whole confidence because they don't allow themselves to be confident. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, because they're so curious to find out what other people's opinion of them is. Yeah. So, and, and guys are the same. And I often say most, pe most people look into the mirror of life and ask someone else, who do you see? Yeah. yeah. So the, the, very, very quickly, to give you a couple of pointers on this to finish, in yeah. 2000, we created the internet. And by the end of 2000, the, the, the talk, let's talk in decades, 2000, 2010, 2020. In 2000, the internet was created. And by the end of it, there's a thing called a smartphone, iPhone initially, that came along and made it mobile. So now we had the mobile internet. Fantastic. Social media had begun by then, but in the 2010s, the, the, the mobile internet became very social because social is mobile. We want to be out, we want to share, chat and see. It's what we human beings heard do. By the middle of the 2010s, a hideous thing called the Me Too movement started and the origins of it were just completely and utterly disgusting. But one lady was able to put something on with a hashtag of Me Too that created a movement and created momentum. Yeah. And it gave women a voice. And guess what? By the end of 2010, you didn't have to be the ex-vice president of America to be the, vo to the voice of the environment. A 14-year-old, 15-year-old girl called Greta in the Netherlands was now asking the older generations of humanity, I want to grow into a woman and I want to grow into a mum. What are you doing about caring for the planet? And the voice of the environment was now in the hands of a 14-year-old girl who spoke up on the social internet. Right. In 2010, we all got told... so. 2000, the internet began, end of 20, 2000s, it became mobile. 
2010, it became socially mobile. By the by, the middle to end of 2010, it started to become the Me Too movement and all of the things that happened after that and the energy of women casting their voice and everything, which was beautiful. So as we entered 2020 and what I called the humanity era, where we have to be vulnerable, we have to be authentic, we have to be mindful towards each other, in the first month of the first year of the first decade of 2020, an invisible force came along and created a sense of vulnerability in the human race we've never experienced before. And we all needed to, we all now need to be nurturing, we need to be kind, we need to cluster, we need to be in communities, we need to speak up, we need to have an appreciation for each other. And I just described the DNA of the female species of the human race. If there's a women out there right now, I believe 100 years from now, we'll look back on this era and we won't think about COVID and we won't think about driverless cars. We'll think about when women took their rightful place of teaching men that you can have conflict without hostility. Nice. I love that. So for the women out there that are thinking that they're too worried about their confidence, ask yourself, why is it? that the universe, God and serendipity gave you the responsibility that every single human being on the planet has to come through this world and arrive through the nurturing love of a mother because we little boys run to our mums when we stub our toe. We teenage boys run to our girlfriends and if she's not there, we run to our mum and then we men come at home and go, honey, look at me, I've got a promotion. We always run to women and women are thinking they're second. They're not. Right. That's I wouldn't exist if it wasn't for a woman. I love this. This is great. I but it's true. So no. but you need to, but your but your experience as a woman in the world is to go, what would the world be like if we didn't have them? We wouldn't have a species. For God forbid if they gave their reproductive Could you possibly imagine what a guy would be like if he had to go through what you girls have to go through once a month? We get the flu once a year and go, Oh honey, you won't believe the condition <laughs> I'm in. Could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> so to be, to be serious to your point, and I'm being serious on that, yeah. if you're a lady out there lacking in confidence, cluster. Go and find people, other people, other influence, w- women of influence, and all they're going to do is enlighten you to the ambience of your spirit. That is nice. I like that. That's good. I think well, you want me to end, so that's an end. How's that? Well, <laughs> you have to wrap it up. But I before we wrap it up, I do yeah. want you to be able to uh, let people know how to get a hold of you, um, what are ways that you can help them or, or why would they want to reach out to you, you know. So this is your time to plug yourself a bit. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, everything at the moment is people are looking for some insight and some inspiration and some focus on what their potential could be. So I don't. I'm, I do a thing, uh, a series of things where I'm often called the a mentor's mentor and a coach's coach. But let's. What I do is I actually do what I call strategic mentoring and tactical coaching. So I go from discovery and ideation, which is around the whole mentoring. How do you take an idea? How do you discover an idea of your potential, and how do you turn that into some concept, and then get down into tactical coaching of being really, really creative and then executing it. which is what we did with Rebecca yesterday. We came and we discovered an idea, ideated it, created and executed it next Tuesday, so we'll put it into play. So the first thing that I do is I I give people the opportunity to be able to speak to us for usually about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And all of that's coming out with insightful, um, inspiring insights. So the best thing to do is connect with me on LinkedIn. The best thing to do is to go to my website. The new website will be live in the next couple of days. If you have a desire to be rethinking about who you are, if you have a desire to think, how do I actually get better at what I'm doing? 
if you have a desire that's to 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 combat your restlessness the yep. first thing you need to do is engage my content okay i'm going to share your um linkedin page in case um yep. people look you up i don't want them to connect to the wrong person yep. and the reality is when i say I, I travel around the world um introducing to their people to their potential to believe in their brilliance as it says on the screen yep. I often say to people, if you apply passion to skill, you'll become elite. And if you do it on a, a foundation of ambition, you'll become fulfilled. Most people don't believe in themselves enough to realise that they've even got a skill. They've even got some talent. Most people are too worried about what other people's opinion of what they do is to actually have a passion about anything. And their ambition is to make sure that someone likes them. Right. And you'll notice what there's, you'll notice there's not a huge following because I don't look for volumes of followers. Yeah. I'm I'm if you've noticed on this call, I'm constantly speaking to one person. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly speaking to one person because if I put out content or I get, get asked kindly by yourself to speak on a live, this is my opportunity to talk to one person sitting listening to this somewhere. And if that's you, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to 10,000 people. I'll, I put out a video and I've got 50,000 views. No, I want one person to believe in themselves. Yeah. Now you do guest speak, or you do do keynote speaking and guest speaking, right? For corporations? <laughs> yep. Okay. Corporations, non-corporations, all kinds of things. Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, that, I do. Because I know when I read um, a little bit more about you, I knew you did a lot of speaking and I saw some of the videos that you did. Yes. Yes. Well. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay, great. So, to connect with Stephen, LinkedIn, he's got a website yep. and he is uh, more than happy to message you back. He won't hide from you. He's not going to avoid no. you. <laughs> no. And, you know, and, and here's the thing, you know why I won't avoid you? Because most people won't reach out. It's so sad to say that it devastates me, but most people won't reach out well, because they, they just won't. Right. And enough do, and we're managing how we're going to, we're going to, to finish that. But I, through, your, through your kind self and support, I'll actually send you the details of the Inspiring Insights podcast, the Inspiring, okay. I'm going to have you come on a 20-minute session with me and I'll interview you called Inspiring Insights Q&A okay. about where does your confidence, where does your courage, where does your compassion, where does your completion, um, and where does your compulsion come from? And it will be five-minute Q&A and then 15 minutes of building a framework around the most popular things that you do and then giving that to you and everyone who's listening can have it as well. Everything I do is to build a framework about how you can actually create an ability to be ambitious with your own self. I love it. That's awesome. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you on that challenge. Take it. <laughs> no, no, it's done. Your, your name's already up on the board of all the people. <laughs> Inspiring Insights Q&A. You're going to love it. It's going to be really cool. And I so appreciate this. And for everyone listening, look in the mirror. And even if you can't love what you see, believe in what you see because it's, it's true. You can do whatever you put your mind to. All you've ever wanted and everything you've ever needed to get it is all you've ever been. And I'll leave you on that. Awesome. And that's a great note to leave. And thank <laughs> you so much, Stephen. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a fabulous day. And thank you, everybody else, for watching. I do appreciate it. I'll make sure I tag you on all of the casts and then add yep. your links, okay? Please do. Okay. okay. Thank, you. thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. 
Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutingrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. helps businesses stand out and grow with affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.